Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Blokeology, evidence-based health, fitness and lifestyle for men. My name is Ewan Lawson and this is season 1 of Blokeology. Season 1 is all about running, from getting you started as a complete newbie to exploring new techniques for more advanced runners. You can find the show notes at www.blokeology.io forward slash 007. And you can also sign up for the newsletter, the Journal of Blokeology at www.blokeology.io forward slash journal. Today, I am chatting to the runner and award-winning blogger, Jeff McCarthy. Based in the northwest of England, Jeff writes for Trail Running Magazine. He reviews races and kits and he interviews other runners. And he's also an ambassador for hashtag run 1000 miles. We had a really good chat about how he got into running his positive experiences with running communities at his local running club and online at the hashtag Run1000Miles community on Facebook, as well as running Jeff blogs about his passion for baking and cooking. So we do, of course, talk a little about nutrition. A few years ago, Jeff completed an ultra run after a difficult period with Lyme disease, a chronic debilitating condition that has given him problems for years. Jeff certainly hasn't let it stand in his way. I started by asking him about his running journey, where did it all start, and how he got to this point now. I'd always been kind of active, I suppose, like everyone else in school and things like that. And uh, weirdly, I used to be one of the few who enjoyed uh, cross-country running when we did it in school. It was only very occasional. Yeah. Um, but I did always find I enjoyed that, but I never really thought about why. Um you know, looking back, it was in a local woodland and the route was always varied. It was, you know, mix of hills, flat, it might be muddy. Um, the fact that you were running in the woods, I now know, you know, being more mature kind of thing is obviously very healthy for you anyway. Mm. Um, so I always enjoyed that and I always enjoyed pushing myself. Uh, I then kind of just totally lost touch with running because I never competed as such in school. Um, yeah apart from on sports days and things and uh yeah just continued to just keep fit through like football uh kickboxing um anything really you know i'd kind of give a go uh and, and I, as i got into my mid late 20s i sort of went to the gym and i became fit in some ways but lost it in terms of cardiovascular fitness and running fitness yeah. um and it was after we'd had children that I just thought I need to get fit again in that respect. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a bit of a surprise, a nasty shock really when, although you consider yourself like relatively healthy, I couldn't run more than a 5K and it was certainly not quick at all. Yeah. Um, and I really got into it in 2008 when um, I used to have my own business. I was doing some work with Puber and they got us doing some work with Lakeland Trails. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, who they sponsored at the time. Um, cool, very long story short, I asked one of my mates to enter it. He he is a keen runner, like fell runner. He sent me an email back saying, you know, here's a challenge, I've entered, why don't you? And I just thought, okay, you know, I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, saw the profile of the course about two weeks before, and I, honestly, I really packed myself I just thought <laughs> what have I got myself into here you know because I'm not used to running a like that kind of uh yeah profile of a course at all but he just said you know forget that just get into your own rhythm forget about what everyone else does 
um, and just en- enjoy your own rhythm and keep going at that, you know, whether it's up or down. Um, and I'd, I took that adv- advice to heart. Absolutely loved the event, although it, you know, it, it shattered me. Um, but I was just hooked then because it was just an amazing experience. Um, I wasn't the slowest. Um, I wasn't the young, uh, sorry, I wasn't the oldest. And it was a really varied group of people that were doing it. And I just found it really inclusive. And ever since then, um, I've continued to trail run and, and just run generally. Uh, joined a running club years later um, to, again, have, have more variety and more of a social element to my running. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just haven't looked back, really. Yeah. There's a couple of things there that are really interesting. Myself and um, we talked on an earlier podcast, myself and John Richmond, who's another doctor, and we both had very mm-hmm. damaging school experiences with cross country right where we we were put off running and i and i you know and i was very sporty john wasn't particularly sporty but i was quite sporty and was in all mm. the teams and things at school um but didn't could never get into running and i just didn't know how to do it and and really only learned when i was 20 mm. but um I, we had i think it's perhaps more common to have a damaging experience with school cross country than a positive one but you're yeah. obviously at the other end yeah i think it was um i, I don't know why that was i mean i, I was one of those like kids who always enjoy PE anyway. And we were for, fortunate to have decent PE teachers. Um, and I, I, I just think the fact it, it was something that was done occasionally. Yeah. It wasn't regular, you know, but, but when we did go running with the school, it would be, usually it would be a road route. Um, I think they must have done it occasionally when the weather was a bit more favourable or something, because we just get told, you know, randomly, right, we're doing a run in, um, like Rough Woods, for example. Mm. And uh, I just loved it. I, I love the fact that we were kind of in teams, which was probably another element to it as well, actually. There's no doubt about that. But um, So a group of sort of four or five would set off, whoever was randomly chosen to go first. Um, then they'd do the, the kind of whatever circuit it was. And then when, when your sort of partner was back, you'd then go... Um, whereas with the roads one runs, I enjoyed them as well. You know, you would all be sent out on a particular route um, and just race back if you wanted to race it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, again, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, it was probably just that it was a, a nice, refreshing change every now and again. Yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking of the environment in terms of running through trees and all that, but I did love it. Yeah, I, interesting because I'm not sure our PE teachers were that good, and it was always a bit of a punishment exercise the cross country <laughs> and so it was it was yeah. reserved to when the pitches were too waterlogged so you couldn't play rugby or football well, not that we did that much rugby but generally yeah. football and or yeah. cricket or whatever it was we were just the pitch was waterlogged in the field there was no getting on it so we were just sent out and mm. there was no kind of element like teams or anything that i recall it was and i think the thing i remember is i just didn't know how to do it i tended to go out and burn myself out very quickly in the first few minutes and yeah it was absolutely and and i just hurt myself and it was an interesting process learning how to run. How did you find that coming back to it later? You obviously mentioned it about the Lakeland trails, but and you couldn't run more than 5K initially. Did you find you had to kind of learn how to run or kind of how to pace yourself initially? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I mean, like you in school, we were never given any advice at all on pacing a run of, of whatever distance it would be. You just went and ran. Um, yeah. I just found that I, I, I don't know, naturally I didn't, I'd set off relatively steady and then I'd really kind of gradually crank things up and I quite, I quite liked, um, 
like the pain of that in a way. Um, yeah. And I quite like working through like a field and stuff. But yeah, it was a real shock when I, because I'd always been fit and because I'd, I'd never had any trouble running, you know, through my teens and my 20s and things. And when I got to my early 30s and then thought I need to go out running, it was a real shock. Yeah. And I, I just had to pace myself extremely steadily, um, literally yeah. just to run, you know, three miles or so, not let alone pace it correctly. Um, yeah. And uh, just to get around. Yeah, that was it. It was just about getting around. Um, and, and in many ways, actually, that's how it all started. But when I was doing training, uh, initially before joining the running club, I would just run 5K and then gradually I just was getting quicker. Um, and I intuitively knew how to pace it better. And then I, I increased the training runs to 10K and sort of did the same thing. You know, just thought, okay, well, I'm going twice as far. I'll ease off on the first lap because it was two 5K laps, more or less, where I was running. Um, mm -hmm. I naturally eased back a little, thinking that you need to save some for the second lap. And again, gradually, I got to pace that, you know, better. Um, but that's something yeah. I continue to learn. I really do. Um, yeah, well, we can talk a bit about your ultras because obviously pacing is all important just in a little yeah. bit. But I, th I think that's something a lot of people, they, they struggle with the pacing of running. And we've talked, yeah. we've talked a bit about getting, you know, newbies running in this season of blokeology. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's myself and John both agreed that just going slow enough is such a key aspect at the start for many folk. It is. That just many men to get themselves going because you, as you, you know, your experience and my experience has been the same that you have a bit of a break and you come to it and you're nowhere near as good as you think you are in your head. Mm. And that you usually have to dial it right back in order just to not to, and to, to sort of really blow up and, <laughs> and particularly on the, the, the further runs. Yeah. Actually it's really important, isn't it? It is. And you know, I've read on many, occasions in on websites in quality newspapers and things like that that men have a tendency to overestimate what they can do yeah or be a little bit overconfident in what they can do whereas women will be more i know i'm generalizing but that they will tend to be more reserved and plan it more um and yeah i think it's probably something that you know men are less likely to think, okay, well, I know I'm only going to be able to run really slow. And, you know, for, for 100 metres, for half a mile, you can run at a certain pace. But, you know, it's different technology that you need to pull that right back to do like a 30-minute or a 45-minute run or something if you needed to when you were starting training. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I've seen them at the running track, you know, like programmes like Couch to 5K and – yeah. Programs like that, you can see, are really inclusive for yeah. uh, varying ages, gen both genders. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of that helps. Yeah, no, I think they're um, great these days. That the couch to five k programs, which really work hard to get people from doing nothing, the the couch, mm. to actually just a really modest target. And but the great thing about that, it's not even just hitting the target; it's the learning how to run and how to pace yourself and how to enjoy exactly running, how to enjoy running and actually be able to take a breath and have a conversation. Yeah with your mates or actually to enjoy the woodlands that you, de you mm. describe there and enjoy your environment. And it becomes a really then therapeutic thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Because, um, I mean, I remember when I went, I thought, in fact, I think it was my wife who suggested that join a running club, yeah. um, partly for the social elements as well, because, you know, without, when I was just running, I'd typically be running on my own because the kids were young then as well. So they didn't, um, as in, you know, they were under 10. Yeah. And uh, 
I, I, I had this kind of perception in my head that the running club would be full of elite runners and you know I'd never been to one in my life um yeah and I was quite nervous uh, but when I phoned up I found that you know actually it was very welcoming um just told me to come down and they put me with the he asked me roughly how fast I ran uh you know I said and he just said well look just to get you started and so um you can start to gauge what group you would be in yeah we always start any new members usually with the slower group and you, you run at about nine minutes a mile or however, we you know, whatever pace you need to. And then you can take it from there. Um, you know, you can stay at that level. You can um, go to the next group up or whatever. So that sort of took away any of that trepidation, in, you know, in many respects. And I found that that was just a really lovely social run around the area with one of the elder members. Um, that made me feel really welcome. And I just thought, I really enjoyed that. You know, it wasn't um, exclusive, as you know, in any way. So I felt, you know, ready to go back straight away kind of thing for the next session. And I just then worked my way through the levels then as I gained confidence in going to the running club. So I think that's probably something that even running clubs could do more of to sort of take away that fear for people who want to get into it and just don't know where to start. Yeah, it must be very hard if you're just a, you know you're just getting into running and you're a bit fearful. The the prospect of going to a running club must be, uh, you know, I, I mean I find I'm a bit scared. But I've done plenty of running, but I'd be I, I don't go to a running club just now. But I would be, I'd feel quite anxious about it. I'm really anxious. Yeah, that's for me. You know, when I when I did that, I'd already been running for a couple of years on my own, so I knew I could run 10k or 15k. I didn't know. Sorry, I knew I wasn't like fast. Um, but equally, I wasn't really slow. You know what I mean? I was just an average runner type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still, I kind of almost intimidated myself with the perceptions I had of what a running club might be like. And like I say, it wasn't anything like that. Um, you know, you had all abilities um, and still do. But uh, I, I think Parkrun, again, has been another fantastic enabler to opening people up to you know, giving it a go and gradually learning how to pace, you know, whether they walk, jog, and then each time they go, they might jog a little bit more than they did previously. And, you know, mm. before not too long, um, they or before they realise in some ways, you know, that they're yeah. then running the 5K. It, it's quite amazing what you see. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, there's a, a real magic about that couch to 5K or the park run kind of approaches that are going, uh, are going on these days that are really... And I think you're right. And the, the, accepting the fact that actually sometimes you just got to walk around that 5K, or you're gonna, for you get a significant proportion of that initial of that 5K distance, you're gonna walk or go, you know, fast walk at, st- at the start, and then you build up towards jogging and then running maybe at some point in the future if you want to. But as long as you're getting a bit out of breath and getting the exercise in and getting the benefit, then you're good. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, um. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was, of course, you, you set up the blog at runeatrepeat.co.uk. Yeah. You said it was to cover your passions of running, baking, and cooking So, um, <laughs> as well. Is that is that just something you, you – know, I don't know if you've got a professional interest in that or whether it's just, you know, an individual passion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Professionally, I've always been in, like, uh, digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and – used to do a lot of kind of blogging with uh, work and I, I now teach digital marketing at university. Um, so what I wanted to 
so I don't do as much of my own thing in that area. And I wanted to keep those skills up, but do it about something that I was interested in rather than, I mean, I love my work, but I just, I didn't want it to be about work because then it would mm -hmm. feel like I was never not working. So I thought, okay, you know, what do I enjoy? Um, running was, was the key thing I was doing activity-wise, really, and regularly. You know, I do other things as well, but that was the one regular thing I thought, okay, you know, I know I will regularly go to events. I know I'll regularly train. Um, and it was um, just when I was thinking about it, well, um, it was partly because of the uh, illness with Lyme disease that I'd started doing. We always ate quite healthily anyway, and I was brought up that way. Yeah. Um, you know, just a healthy and varied diet. Uh, and I'd always been encouraged to kind of cook for myself and so my wife. And I thought, well, I've always enjoyed cooking. Um, I've, you know, started doing my own breads, but I was just doing more of that with um, mm -hmm. the onset of Lyme. So I thought, well, I can combine like nutrition and running. I'm not claiming at all to be an expert on nutrition, but it's just sharing some relatively simple recipes and things. Um, yeah. And yeah, just, just blended it in that way, really. It, 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 so it's sort of intuitive, but um, the response to it was really, really positive because it was um, something different to your normal running blog. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you've got the recipes there for the the, food, uh, the fuel food, I think you call it, and the um, and the smoothies and and other things. I um, mean, and it's just, it's a nice little extra dimension, isn't it? To, it's an extra, it's a slightly it's a slightly varied dimension to a running to your running blog, which has obviously been incredibly successful. Yeah, because it's it's like uh, you know, I don't know, just ideas on smoothies. I mean, anyone can make a smoothie, um, and the beauty of anything like that is you can test the whole variety of ingredients anyway. Um, yeah. I've just put a list on there of, you know, as suggestions. And if that gets someone making their own smoothies a bit more and then trying their own flavors and varieties, then, then brilliant. Um, same with the soup, you know, just some soup recipes because the, for running, I, I find that brilliant. You know, it's one of those things that you can prepare. You can eat straight away. You can store some in the freezer, the fridge and so on. And it, it's a healthy meal waiting for you when you get back or, you know, in advance yeah. of training, you know, a few hours uh, prior. Um, so things like that just help, yeah. uh, I suppose, be a little bit more organised. Um, yeah, I think I think eating well is, a, a lot of it is about being organised, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's it's really easy. And, you know, there shouldn't be any fear factor with any of that. And, um, you know, again, things might go wrong, but usually it'll still be edible. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so... It's very rare that you, when you try and cook something yourself or you try and bake something yourself, that you, you know, you won't have it. It might not turn out exactly as you wanted, but you're still learning. Yeah. Now, I've very recently got into uh, sourdough baking over the past um, six months, and I'm absolutely loving that. And that's very much yeah. experimenting. Um, yeah. So I'm probably going to be adding that to the blog, you know, soon. Uh, but there's an absolute wealth of stuff like, you know, about that online. Um, but again, I found it much, much, I found it really healthy, really healthy. Yeah. So do you have a starter sitting in the fridge at the moment then? or you know, Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, kind of in the, in a shaded corner of the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So just again, I, the perception I have is that it's, it's a hell of a lot of work to keep that up. But, um, it's not, you know, you just need to stir it or feed it every day yeah. and keep to whatever routine you set. Um, 
And actually, it then doesn't take much of your time at all. The same with the baking, you know, if you're organised. And I don't mean, you know, there's a lot to organise. It's just that once you've done it a few times, you get to know yeah. when and what you're required to do. And, and actually, you can make your day work around that so easily. Yeah. I think I think that's right. They kind of, especially when it comes to bread, the first few times feel a bit clunky and awkward. You don't, you've, there's various steps, and you're, you're not quite sure what to do. But mm. you've only got to do it a handful of times, and you start to pick up the rhythm of it. You know how to make it fit in around the rest of your day. And it only just it only takes a few you minutes do. here and there. It's just a question of getting comfortable. So it takes a bit of time to get comfortable with it, like learning anything new. I think. Yeah, it does. Um, so rewarding, though. A kind of modern bread is such rubbish that um, you know when you make when you bake your own. Yeah. No, it is. It's um, it's totally different, particularly like the you know the shop branded um, yeah. products, because um, they're so mass manufactured for you know for obvious reasons and convenience that um, you've got more additives in than you would ever put in yourself. You know, when you're doing it yourself, you are just putting in the essential ingredients to make a nice loaf of bread yeah. of whatever type. Yeah, I'm slightly I'm slightly horrified at how modern you know modern sliced bread doesn't go off. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to. Yeah. Just like, how could it do that? It's not right. Because you, you, you bake your own bread and it's good for a day or two, but it goes, it does actually, you know, it goes off quite quickly. You've got to keep making it and you can, you've got to eat it fresh. And it doesn't usually, when you have fresh bread, it doesn't last long enough anyway to go off. But no, exactly. If you've got a bit around, modern bread is just terrifying. It is. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite staggering. And I, again, until I was starting to make, I think with that, that did come for a little bit from childhood because when I was young, I do remember, um, Occasionally, like helping my mum uh, bake bake uh, a loaf, um, and it could be like a tin loaf or a like French plastic loaf or something. But that's one of my, I mean, my childhood memory is awful. Um, but that's one of the things that sticks in my mind. So I think it was that that kind of gave me the confidence to just give it a go. Yeah. Um, yeah you know as well as like other circumstances and stuff here yeah do you and we were talking on the last episode of the podcast we were talking quite a bit about eating and nutrition about about weight loss really and do you find that do you i mean have you is that an issue for you in terms of the running and your eating is about controlling your weight or has that not been a big factor for you it's never been a big factor generally because i've got quite a fast metabolism um mm-hmm. so it's never really been something to think about uh and one of the reasons that I love running is that, you know, you should just then enjoy what you eat and not feel bad about having a treat or anything like that at all. Um, yeah. So if you're active, you know, really, you should be able to allow yourself to eat what you want um, and not feel guilty about eating certain things when you want them. Uh, yeah. And I think I have a bit of a bad habit in some ways of kind of comfort eating later at night uh you know that might just be a piece of toast uh whatever it'll be and that's not necessarily the healthiest but i'm not going to beat myself up about it because i'm i'm relatively active you know i I probably could be another six pounds lighter maybe um but i'm not going to kind of let that leave my life yeah that's not very much isn't it if you're if you're just you know if you're trying hard to lose six pound then you've got to. sometimes you've got I, i find i've got a certain weight that i can maintain reasonably comfortably though I'm, I'm prone to putting it on if i do let myself if i don't concentrate um but yeah. actually i can be i have been five or six pounds lighter but it was hard work maintaining that even lighter weight yeah. I, I, was, I had to really think about it all the time and it did just strip a bit of the joy out of food and a little bit of the joy out of running no i completely agree and i think that's where i 
draw the line. I think you're absolutely right. You, I think you mentioned it at the very beginning, really, that the enjoyment is is a critical element of it. You know, if you're not enjoying it, then ultimately you're going to stop, and you know, then you're not getting the endorphins, you're not getting as much fresh air. Maybe you're not, you know, you know, you're not going to be as healthy. Yeah. So I think always coming back to you know why do I run or why you know any form of activity? Why do I enjoy it? Why do we do it? And always kind of reverting back to that if you're ever starting to lose the enthusiasm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I you know, do find myself looking in the mirror thinking I could do with like a little bit of loss around like love handles sort of thing. <laughs> but um, you know, for my age, you know, I'm healthy. So Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I kind of I try not to beat myself up about that. <laughs> no, you're obviously. I mean, you've, there's photos of you on the internet, obviously, Jeff, and you look very. You're obviously well within normal, normal um, range for BMI, and you look extremely. You look yeah. very fit and well. And I think you can always. There's always kind of we're bombarded with these body images of super lean guys yeah. with six packs, and it's hard not to always look at yourself and be critical. But you know, you have to. You, exactly. you have to know when I, you're doing I, okay. You do. I, I, you know, almost every day in the mirror by default, you see yourself in at some point um and occasionally i'll wish you know i had a six-pack like i did when i was in like my late teens my early 20s yeah. but i think well yeah you, you know just i just let that go so um, one of the other things you're, i've seen you're involved with jeff is that you're an ambassador for the um is the, the hashtag run the thousand miles community. I think it was set up by trail magazine that I know you contribute to. And there's a, there's a Facebook group. And I thought I'd ask you a little bit more about that mm-hmm. um, and what they're up to. And it sounds like they've got a very active and involved Facebook group. And uh, my understanding is the aim is to try and run a thousand miles in a year. So it's for perhaps for those who are doing a little bit more and are just maybe pushing on to the next step. Would that be, would that be fair comment? No, you're absolutely right. You and it, it, it that started with, um, the, the former editor of Trail Runner magazine, Claire Maxted, um, approached a number of, of readers. I was um, I was obviously one of them back in, um, I think this was like mid to late 2016. Um, we're looking at doing this challenge, you know, would you be on board? Would you, would you like to be involved? Um, I was, you know, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I have to be honest, that, that was one thing that intimidated me because I had never, ever, wouldn't anywhere near that far in a year in my life um you know i'm talking kind of three or five hundred miles at the most per year mm. so from when i started again so i was nowhere near that level but i just thought well yeah give it a go you know it's bound to be enjoyable anyway um even if you don't reach that you'll probably have run further than you have done before and yeah i yeah so i became one of the ambassadors for that for 20 uh 17 when it started and was asked to continue this year and what i found was that it's just that um increasingly actually you and it's it's one of those things where yeah it it, it the reaching of a thousand is not actually the most important thing it's just a community of people who yeah um really like to uh, to run it doesn't have to be a thousand miles on trail most people tend to post photos of trail runs on it but Everyone is doing a mix of terrain. Um, yeah. Uh, and everyone's taking it at their own speed. And there's, there are some kind of quite quite staggering and quite moving stories you see within the Facebook community. I've never 
been or come across a Facebook community that's been, it sounds really cheesy this actually, but so supportive of each other and yeah. um, incredibly inclusive. Um, Excellent. And people will freely share advice. There's, there's barely any, ever any judgmental comments on there at all. It's, um, yeah, it's a real breath of fresh air. So it, it, yeah. it's an absolute privilege to be involved with it, to be honest with you. I, again, I was asked to be an ambassador for 2018. Um, that was a, you know, no brainer for me, um, because the first year was so enjoyable. Um, and it's just brilliant to see, you know, cause people share the stories of how and why they got involved and where it's taken more, the low points that they're going through or, um, and they're asking the group for a bit of support. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really fantastic community of people it's developed into. Yeah, I think there's some real power in, I know Facebook's going through a bad patch. It hasn't um, always been slightly dubious in some of the way it goes about things. But the groups always have seemed like the most powerful thing about Facebook. And, and clearly this particular Facebook group seems to have, you know, it sounds like it's got some real positives. And I've, I've certainly seen some other running Facebook groups, which have a little bit more of a snarky tone. Uh, and yeah, perhaps a exactly. little bit unpleasant, That's and that sounds like you've <laughs> that they're steering a be polite about it, but it's certainly that you've steered a you've steered a, um, a path right around that with this group. Yeah, it, it, it's been great. It's it's exactly that. You don't get those snarky comments. Um, you you get very little judgment of you know people. There was one guy who um, I think last week actually asked. Uh, a question around nutrition because he, he was basically having stomach troubles when he was on um, whether it was pace related on a shorter run or whether it was longer mm-hmm. you know related stomach issues on on, on longer runs um, and he just asked what different people did um, and the, again the range of answers that he got which were all this is obviously just me and it, you know nutrition is so individual yeah, um, but this is my experience. This is what I do. Loads of people. Uh, I was one of the last ones. I didn't even see it initially. Um, and he'd said, I think he later posted the. Th- yeah, he did post a thank you later, saying, as you could probably tell by my initial post, like the first sentence, I was a bit nervous of asking because I've done this once or twice in the past in other groups and gotten some quite kind of strong comments back. Mm. Um, and he said, you know, I'm really 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 pleasantly surprised at how supportive everyone and open everyone has been on this um but for i then read through all the other answers myself and it was fascinating for me to see what other people do and you know so i was learning from it and so was so was everyone else i imagine yeah well that's interesting yeah I, i've actually had a list of my questions to ask you about nausea and sickness and tummy bugs in running just because of from the nutrition side but um i'll put um i'll put a link up to the uh in the show notes to the facebook group so people so they can dive back and find that post because mm. it sounds like it's a great, great place to get some advice. Yeah, I'll try and um, I'll find the link to the post for you because if I can give you that deep link. Um, yeah, we'll add it in. Yeah, it's just a it's just a really good example of a supportive group of people talking about yeah. something that's quite well. Clearly, it's always individual to to you, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, well, that's it's an yeah, it's an interesting topic that whole nausea and sickness thing. Full stop. Mm. I, I know you were, you're using it as an example there to demonstrate the, the this group, but mm. um, the, the nausea and sickness. There's about a million different reasons, isn't there, that people can get sick or have yeah. tummy problems on a a longer run. And it leads me on to ultras a little bit actually, because I wanted to ask you about that. That you've, I know that you did you did an ultra. Was it last June? 
um, the ultimate trail. So was it the year before? Um, no, it was, um, oh goodness, it was in uh, June 2015. It was a few years now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear about your experience of that and what, what led you to go so long and how did you find it? An absolutely amazing experience and I would heartily recommend it to anyone. Just incredible, quite life-affirming in a way. Uh-huh. No matter who you are or, you know, what your level, it, it's going to push you more than anything else done before. But it, it, it's kind of, I, I would recommend, I mean, ultra, the beauty of ultras is they're usually in somewhere scenic. So you really, and because of the distance, they run at a slower pace anyway. So you, you actually get to enjoy the terrain, yeah. you know, and the landscape that you're in. I was lucky enough to do like that one in um, in the lakes. So mm-hmm. Lakeland Trails, say, which is how I got into running and trail running in particular. It was their second ultra yeah. year, and uh, they had the 55K and 110. So, you know, I just thought I'd almost go entry level at the 55. Uh, but, yeah, just absolutely incredible, amazing kind of landscape, uh, really amazing mix of routine, uh, terrain, yeah. incredible, you know, atmosphere, supportive marshals, just everyone was supportive. Like, you know, you'd be running or jogging or almost kind of, you know, shuffling past the pub and people would be cheering you. Just getting into it. It helped when I did it on that day. Wasn't it? it was the hottest day that year. Um, so there were loads of people out. It was it was sort of tortuous a little bit to run. Yeah. But yeah, just an incredible experience and one that I really, really want to repeat. Uh, I partly did it out of, it, to be honest, you in a mix of sheer bloody mindedness and part stupidity because um, I, I, I totally crashed in 2013 with Lyme disease, you know, lost a lot of weight as in nearly a stone within seven days. Um, and it's, it's still kind of something that I struggle with now, but um, I've got far past the worst of it. But I basically crashed completely for, you know, six months. Um, and it took best part of two years to even get back to any form of kind of activity. Yeah. And I was almost one to, I think, prove something to myself and almost ask myself, could I do things that were hard in future? Yeah. Well, an incredible achievement getting around any ultra. And I mean, Lyme disease, Lyme disease is a, you know, it's a very long, tough recovery for many people who get it, who get the, who get the really debilitating form of it. It can be a really, it's a long journey. It did, yeah, because it can, it, no, exactly. It became chronic and it was, I was completely debilitated and, um, you know, for a long, long period of time, I ended up going to Brussels to get treated, ultimately to get a treatment plan. Um, seeing a specialist there so it was a a long and kind of tortuous journey but um in some ways the ultra was part of that because i i I'd got back to being able to do a level of activity i was not as fast as i had been in the past i didn't have the endurance that i had in the past but yeah i think for some reason i just wanted to to sort of defiantly prove something to myself yeah um or suffer you know what i mean and um I went to a, a training day that Nikki Spinks ran. Um, okay, yeah. I think it was only 30-odd pounds, and it was about doing an ultra or uh, like a 24-hour round. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was the only person that day that hadn't done one. So I was with much more experienced ultra runners. But again, absolutely 
wonderful day. And a couple of things that Nikki said to me, which really, really stuck in my mind, were don't climb any, don't run any of the climbs, walk them. Yeah. And she talked about why. And nutrition-wise, she said, you know, from the very, very beginning, eat and drink. She said, you decide on a routine. It might be 20 minutes. It might be every 30 minutes. Whatever you decide, stick to that religiously. Because what you want to be doing is getting your digestive system and everything working before you get hungry and your body starts to crash during the ultra because you won't recover from that. Yeah. They, they were two bits of advice that I really, really took to heart. And so 20 minutes into the beginning, you know, we were walking up. Everyone was kind of hiking up Kirkstone Pass. I wasn't hungry at all. I wasn't thirsty, but I took like part of an energy ball that I'd made myself, took a couple of mouthful sips of water, and then I, I almost had like an alarm set for every 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I just did that throughout the whole event. Yeah. Uh, and there's no way I'd have gotten through it without that. And, I, and clearly, I also know that there's no way I'd have got through it if I'd have tried to run the climbs. You know, I just didn't. I didn't try it. And I was so thankful in the latter stages that I hadn't. Yeah. Because I was just drawing on every reserve of energy by then anyway. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you had a really, I mean, in terms of strategy, they're the kind of the key, the pacing and the eating are the, the absolute key elements of getting around an ultra. In my understanding, though. They were, yeah. She said, don't worry about your speed in relation to other people because you will find that some people might be miles ahead of you at the beginning and you you unintentionally sort of cast them up, you know, yeah. near the end or halfway. She said, you'll find other people that you were ahead of going past you late on. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Just do your own ultra, Try to run your own race, and, and enjoy it. Yeah, and um, then the other big thing that I found you in as well was that the, the kind of the, the camaraderie on something like that. You inevitably end up running with some people. Yeah, for a long time. Uh, it might be the same person on and off. Yeah, for a long time. You might be on your own for big periods. You might just once happen to be running with someone for like two minutes or twenty minutes, but because you're running at that slower speed and because of what you're going through. It just everyone was encouraging each other and that, yeah. that camaraderie i found i've never ever experienced it to that level on any other form of run it really was quite something interesting i, I think the um i think the advice on eating's gold as well there and and so advice that you know i've heard it ultras describe as long distance eating competitions really in that regard yeah um, it's probably advice that a lot of people running marathons 42 could do with following sometimes as well especially if you're a slightly slower pace and you're going to be out there for hours yeah, absolutely. And again, I this is only personal sort of experience and, and opinion, really. But I find that things like gels and stuff just do not work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that that will potentially upset my stomach. And, you know, by that, I mean, I'll, I will desperately, urgently need to find a loo or something. Right. Yeah. Whereas when I'm eating real food, my whole body just seems to adapt a lot better. Yeah, an ultra you you eat more and you eat more regularly yeah and that's yeah i'd certainly recommend that as an approach to someone who's who knows they're going to be four five six hours maybe more on a marathon yeah yeah absolutely you know you should just have a little uh, literally a little bite to eat every 20 or 30 minutes but something that is sustainable that doesn't give you a sugar high and then you're going to crash you know something that gives you like slow release energy because that's what you need if you're taking it on every 20 or 30 minutes i mean like i say i'm no expert but when when a when an elite runner like nikki spink says something like that i thought well if it works for her then <laughs> it's gonna work for someone who's never done it before like me yeah um 
and it's it too. Yeah, I think absolutely any of those longer ones, you get to a certain point where you've used up all the glycogen in your liver and your kind of your and your muscles, mm. and you've got to be you've got to put fuel in to keep going and mm. real food and stuff that your stomach is used to coping with, rather than these super simple carbohydrates that are just you know kind of I just say yeah. quick hit, and that ten minutes later you're crashing off the other side of them. Yeah, and um, it makes a huge difference. Now, I I just took with me like flapjacks that I yeah. made myself. I made some energy balls. I think I had some fruit, you know, like some bananas, but there were ban- plenty of things like bananas at the aid stations anyway, yeah. or checkpoints. Yeah. Equally, there was stuff there that I wouldn't have eaten, you know, like um, like high sugar content food. I mean, ridiculously, I, I even had a small portion of chips at the last checkpoint. <laughs> I mean, salty, fatty chips. So you could that you could you'd kill for them. You could imagine at the yeah. towards the tail end well, of an exactly ultra, you would absolutely just you would love them. Yeah, I was just going to, at that point, I just just wanted to eat anything and (laughs) chips were on offer. So, so it took, you know, and I I felt, I did feel it when I came out of that checkpoint for the initial sort of 20 minutes, but luckily it was like a hike uphill. Yeah. So it wasn't a run and it was a steep hill as well. So you you got a chance to sort of break it in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To eat chips on a run, I would never have dreamt of ever before uh, it's interesting you do see some things at those checkpoints and i think you know people you, what you crave is quite what quite quite different at the you know in an ultra and then perhaps you might you, taking the advice of running magazines or other sort of those kind of you know buying gels and mm. the super sweet little caffeine hits or other things and um, sometimes some real foods they answer no exactly i think there was like a, a little bit of tomato soup is what i had and um yeah portion of chips i had yeah. loads of fluids again uh, I topped up on the fluid and then I was off again, you know, knowing that there wasn't another checkpoint. Great experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really, really would recommend it to anyone. And I, I am definitely going to do more um, in the future. Well, I was just, I'm a bit aware that we're getting towards the end of time, Jeff. So I was going to ask you, what, what are your ambitions? What's on the, have you got a running bucket list or what, what would you like to do next? I would love to run an ultra um, in another country, you know, like say, mm. Um, in the Alps, in in like Switzerland, Italy, anything like that. I'm probably going to do a, a half marathon and marathon on the road just to kind of see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think, uh, no, I mean, it's mainly just to keep enjoying the experience of doing it, you know, and just see how I can improve. I've taken up coaching at the local running club, so right, that's something that I'm learning a lot about now, about, uh, which is also helping me, um, but kind of giving back in that way, so I think I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment in terms of seeing how that group develop. But in terms of specific races, I I, I would like to do a multi-stage one. I don't know which one, uh, but I'd love to give that kind of thing. You know, I'd love to experience something like that. and I'd love to do something like the Lakeland 50 and the Ultimate Trails 55 and and other things like that. You know, uh, I'd love to do more of them anyway, because I just think that uh, they're just superb. Yeah, well, certainly I live up in... I live up in Cumbria and there's a lot of folk around here who heavily involved in all those um, ultras and mm. some of the longer fell races as well. Your, your Bob Graham rounds and the like, and yeah, uh, they, they get an enormous amount of, I worry sometimes slightly about the uh, risk of injury yeah. that they, they run, but um, they get, there's no denying the enormous amount of pleasure it gives them in their life. I I, I personally. That, that's something I would love on my bucket list. Actually, you've, you've triggered something there. I, I, I... <laughs> really really kind of harbor the idea of the bob graham attempt yeah. um i'm absolutely nowhere near that level you know at the moment but 
that's definitely something. Just reading the um, Feet in the Clouds by Richard Asquith. Yeah, it's a great book. Made me aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, superb book. And, uh, you know, what an iconic thing to do. And I know a number of people who've done it as well. Like I say, I'm nowhere near that level, but I'm 50 next year and I'd love to sort of start focusing on something like that as I get a bit older. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 have, I get ambitions to do some of these things, but I, equally I've, re- I've recognised that sometimes doing events actually doesn't leave me all that happy. And a bit stressed out and I get it a bit mm. wrong and I actually just like running for running's sake and exercising for exercise's sake so it sounds like you've got a nice balance yeah. there as well you're not driven by the next event continually no not really I, I enter events because that partly keeps me motivated to train anyway um, mm-hmm. and I'll do my best you know whatever level I'm at at that time um, yeah but I know it like what you know, 49 years of age, um, I probably might manage a few PPs because I didn't really run regularly yeah, yeah. when I was younger and certainly didn't do events. But um, the most important thing is to just to keep enjoying it. Uh, yeah. And, and even if I realised that I wasn't capable of a Bob Graham, but I really enjoy wrecking in a few of the legs of it and, you know, just enjoy yeah. doing that, that, that I, you know, and that would be something amazing, yeah. Maybe you should be aiming at a 50 at 50, Jeff, just in whatever time you want. Get around 50 tops. Yeah, and... that's a good idea. I might take you up for some advice on that <laughs> in terms of... I might join you for a leg. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the way to go, I think. So, Jeff, I'm a very aware I've taken up enough of your time. Where can where can folk find you? Where are you? Where's your online home? Yeah, the, well, Twitter is uh, Run, Eat, Repeat UK. And the website, obviously, is run eat repeat.co.uk or as part of that fantastic community on the run a thousand miles facebook group sure we'll um we'll get links up for them in the show notes and um thank you very much that was really really nice speaking to you thank you very much for listening the show notes for this episode can be found at www.blocology.io forward slash zero zero seven Please do leave a review and subscribe Apple Podcasts or via your preferred podcatcher. Any feedback is very welcome and you can leave comments or send email via the website. I am on Twitter at Ewan underscore Lawson. That's E-U-A-N underscore Lawson. Or you can find us at Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash Blokeology. Full details of all the social media channels can be found as well at blokeology.io. Thanks again.